I'm Debbie Godfrey, and this is the Positive Parenting Pep Talks podcast. In season two, I'm answering your questions about parenting. So feel free to go to the link in the description and leave me a voice message, and I may answer your question on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy today's pep talk. In the spirit of letting kids try to figure things out without us constantly coming to the rescue, sometimes it's really just one attacking the other. We want Madison to defend herself, but constantly being harped on by her little sister is wearing, wearing for her. So when should we step in and intervene? And should you bother listening to both sides of the story or just split them up and walk away? And I'm actually going to move over to one of Julie's questions because it's almost exactly the same thing. I'm trying to figure out how to implement. I like what you said about, let's see, that's a duh. Okay, so here it is. My second child keeps physically harassing his younger brother, not in a dangerous way, but more annoying, pesky, where sometimes his younger brother is injured slightly. I've tried different ideas, including quietly smiling, shaking my head, requesting politely, using I statements. I mean, you've done everything, Julie, for this one. And even walking in the room and gesturing for him to move away, they all temporarily get him to stop, but then he resumes. I've given him his favorite kind of attention today and other things, and then he see he gets antsy, and it just it seems like maybe boredom might be one of the reasons that he goes and bops his brother. Okay, and so then the end of this is I feel like if I let him continue, it's being both permissive and unfair to his younger brother, and I think that's along the same vein of what Valerie and John are asking in terms of, you know, when do you intervene, how much do you let him fight, and... I'm going to tell both of you guys it's not, there's not a pat answer to this. One of your jobs as parents is to continually help them with, I like to think of our, our job really as, as a mediator. And what you get when you've got this set up as one kid's kind of acting like the bully and one kid's kind of acting like the victim, those roles get established and entrenched and then it gets really hard to back out of them. And what you both have right now is, you know, one that looks really, really, like, mean and one that looks really, really helpless. And in some ways that's true, but you could also look at it as they're both getting something out of it. And and the one that's getting victimized is getting a lot of, you know, attention and protection because they're getting hurt. And so everybody's getting a goodie in that one. And so what you want to try to do is throw a monkey wrench into this. Now, I don't know if you guys, when, when I got both of these questions from you um, that were very similar, I actually went back and reread in chapter one in the workbook. Um, we have, you know, several pages of ideas for handling the kids fighting, and it starts on page 1-5 in your workbook, and it goes through three pages. And I don't know if you guys have read through that lately, but there's a lot of really good ideas in here for how to help your kids start learning to work together and some of the reasons that they fight and some of the things that actually make it worse, like using competition. You know, sometimes it seems like that would help get them motivated, but really it usually provokes more fighting and and. Uh, you know, like a win-lose situation. And so it's really not that helpful. And um, another one on here, you know, forcing them to share. Maybe maybe one of these kids isn't getting enough of their own space or their own time or whatever. And I think 
think it was Julie's question that mentioned trying to separate them. And I think I did that a lot too with my kids that were always together and always, it, it seemed like they were sick of each other a lot. So I think that is an important one that, you know, if you notice they're getting real edgy and picking on each other, it's like, wow, it looks like the two of you, you know, really need your own space and your own time. Why don't you guys take a break from each other for a while and, and, you know, do your own thing and see if you can get them to kind of separate themselves and actually get to the point where they miss each other so they want to play together again. But then, you know, like I said, go back to this, these pages and read through some of the things. I really like on page 1-6, there's a whole list of ideas like demonstrating self-control. It says teach your child to breathe through his nose and and in through his nose and out through his mouth. Show them how to take turns and trade. Like, how about if, if when he has your toy, how about if you guys talk about how you can trade this for that or each play with it for a certain amount of time and here's a timer. You guys can set the timer. And then teaching empathy. How do you think your brother, your sister feels? How do you think your brother feels? That's part of your mediating job is you getting them to talk to each other. I remember, I'm, I'm sure I talked about this when we did the kids fighting originally. It's like really get them talking to each other. So when one of the kids comes to you and says, Mom, you know, Madison did this or whatever, it's like it sounds like you need to handle that with Madison. Tell her what you feel, you know, that you direct them to talk to each other instead of getting yourself kind of triangulated into the thing. Then again, on page 1-7, it goes through the steps again of creating a win-win negotiation with the kids. This is back to the, you know, solving the kids fighting when they're fighting over something getting in there first silently, getting on their level and waiting until the fighting calms down, and then going through helping them, like, you know, how can you guys both work this out so that you're happy, that, you know, that both of you can win? What do you, what do you need to do so that both of you feel like you're getting out of this what you want? And then acknowledge them, you know, that was a great idea. That was really creative. I love the way you two work that out. Those acknowledgments, when you see them cooperating, working things out, you want to really acknowledge those moments because that'll that'll help build them. You know, they'll do that more. The things that you recognize and acknowledge they'll they'll do more of. And that's why yelling at them when they're fighting, they get they do more of that. You're recognizing them, even though it's negative. Kids don't really care whether they're getting positive or negative recognition. Recognition is recognition. So you want to make sure you're giving a lot of it when they're when they're doing well. So catch them doing well. That, again, was something else from the building self-esteem portion of the class. So uh, I would say for both of you guys on this kids fighting stuff, just go back and review this. If you haven't gotten the book Siblings Without Rivalry by Faber and Najlish, I strongly recommend getting that at some point. And they do have it. I believe they have that on audiobook these days as well. But that is just kind of a saving. I wonder how they do it on audiobook because it's a bunch of cartoons. Maybe don't get the audio, but make sure you get the regular one because they have all these little cartoons in it that show don't do it this way, do it this way. And it's just really, um, it seems really, really helpful when, you know, when they give you both examples. I mean, you can really recognize the kind of not the way to do it and then, and then, and then they show you, you know, what you can do to do instead. And I like one of the things that sticks out for me from that book was the way they say, you know, just have a commentary on what's going on. So when your two kids are fighting, and I know, Julie, one of your biggest questions was, you know, when do I intervene? And so you might just speak that. When you see them fighting and you're in that moment of not sure, 
then, you know, say, I see two kids and a fight coming on, and I'm feeling like I'm going to have to get in the middle. <laughs> and so, you know, and just start making observations. One kid looks like he wants to be left alone, and one kid looks like he wants to get in the other kid's face. Or whatever you see happening, just start making a commentary on it. Non-judgmental, and I think that's the key here, you guys, is to not be judge, jury, and executioner. To come in as mediator where you're just, you're just noticing, making comments, you're giving words to things, and there's no judgment. Remember, it takes two to fight. Most of the time, the one who is the victim is doing something behind our backs before we see that will instigate the fight. They are, they're egging them on in some way. Nobody's innocent. It takes two people to fight. So you have to remember that with your fighters. The ones that are the, you know, the victims, a lot of times they're selling out. They're just trying to keep the peace. That's kind of why they let themselves be bullied. They just don't want to, you know, fight, and they just want to keep the peace. So what they're doing is selling out on their own needs. So that's the other thing you can do is help that that victim child say, you know, don't sell out on yourself. If your brother's pushing you around or if he's doing this or he's doing that, you need to stick up for yourself. Do you want me to help you figure out ways to do that and talk to that child? And I would even go so far as to role model or role play a fight. So pretend like you're the sibling that picks on them, okay, and pick on them. <laughs> and and let that child respond and just play the game. Like, let's play the game. I'll be your sister and you be you and let's just play this game. And and I want you to really watch what happens when you pick on her and notice your feelings. And a lot of times what happens is the victim, the way that they're reacting or responding to the bully is egging the bully on more. And so if you see anything that you can see makes you feel like you want to get in there and really tease her or fight with her, tell her what that is. You know, I notice when I start picking on you like your sister does, you start giggling. And that actually feels like engagement to me, like I want to play more. So maybe what you could do instead is, you know, get stand up tall and strong and get in my face and say, stop it, you know, or I don't want you to do that. And then let her practice that with you. So actually role play her sticking up for herself or him sticking up for himself and teach him or her the skills to take care of themselves because they're going to need to learn this. And that's, that's what they're missing if, we keep, if you keep rescuing them. And, and, again, I think that's both of your questions have that, you know, that, that torture of when do we step in? I know we want them to work this out, but it's so hard to watch them get bullied. You know, have faith. They're strong people inside, and they, they'll come through, and you just encourage them, and you help give them some skills. And I think I think you guys will will see improvement, and it's never and the fighting's never going to stop. Okay, They're, it's part of the game. It's part of how they're learning to relate. But I think you'll start feeling more effective in helping them with tools and communication skills and negotiation skills, so that it it won't drive you so crazy as you know as time goes on. Thank you for listening to today's Positive Parenting Pep Talks podcast. If you're into season two and you're listening to all these great questions that the parents have and answers and ideas for what to do in all these different situations with your kids, please help us out. Like, share, subscribe, and especially leave us a positive review. All of that helps the podcast grow, and I really appreciate it. Thanks again for being here, and happy parenting.